Man, you ready to get in the Word this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And I want to, because I didn't finish last week, uh, so I want to I want to kind of just kind of go off where I was, was at last week. And I've established some of those things in the earlier parts of the service, just about as we behold Jesus, you know, we, we, we're beholding our freedom. You know, and this morning I want to transition that from as we're beholding that freedom, we're also beholding our victory. Amen. We're beholding, we're beholding the greater things that God has for his people, for, for the children of God. Amen. Because he wants to take us from glory to glory. Amen. You know, this is, this is the year of, uh, uh, of show us your glory. Lord, show us your goodness. Show us your power. Show us your presence. Manifest your presence, your goodness and your, and your power in our lives. That's been our declaration from the beginning of the year. Even before the beginning of the year, we've been declaring this. You know, and, and as we behold, in, in Corinthians it says, as we, be, as we see the glory of God as we're beholding Jesus. And so that's what this series, Beholding Jesus, has been all about. That, that as we see Jesus, we're seeing the glory of God in, in, in operation. Amen? Yeah. Amen? See, God just doesn't want you free. You know, it, it, it's, you know, yeah, he, he, I'm grateful for freedom. When, when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, you know, there was freedom that entered my life that day. There was a, there was a newfound freedom. There was something that I'd never before experienced. There was a, a freedom. My parents, you know, I grew up in church and my parents would tell me about God. I went to church and I heard about God and I heard about testimonies and I heard about things, but you know what? It wasn't a living reality to me. It wasn't something real to me. It was real to my parents. I, I heard about it in the back of my mind. Is this real? Is this just a, 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 a fable? Is this just the, are these just tall tales? Is this, what, what, what is Christianity all about? But when I experienced his presence and it healed my body, you see, he just didn't want me to that day to experience freedom. Yeah, he, he, he wanted me to experience, but that wasn't the only thing he wanted me to experience. See, sometimes we, sometimes we just settle for freedom, but what was, what is, what was, what's freedom for? What's freedom for? Freedom for what? That's my, that's my title of today's message. Freedom for what? So why, why does he want you free? It's, 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 it's to, you know, he doesn't want you. Okay. The day you made Jesus a lawyer, your life. He doesn't want you to stay the same after that. You see, there's this thing, well, okay, I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Well, okay. And, and too often we can get stuck right there. Okay. I'm a Christian and we can, we can settle for just, okay. All right. Jesus is in my heart, but, but for what? And there's so many different directions I could go with that this morning, but, but I've got a specific assignment. See, when, you know, if we're connecting, you know, in, in Acts chapter 7, verse 37, it talks about Stephen is preaching and, and he's really declaring what Moses declared, which also David declared it as well. And he was saying that, that there's this Moses, there's a man, Moses was declaring that there's a prophet coming that is going to be come out of our people and he's going to be like unto me. So Moses is saying there's one coming that's going to be like me. And so here, so that's how we see there's that, that Moses is a type and shadow of Jesus. 
What was, what was Moses' assignment all about? Moses' assignment wasn't just to take them out of Egypt. But, but Brad, their, his assignment was to take them into a promised land. So, so sometimes we can, we can settle for just getting out of Egypt. And we can settle for just getting out of Egypt. And, and you know, in some aspects, we're just fine with just getting out of Egypt. Sometimes we can, we can be out of Egypt and long to be back in Egypt. So were they ever really free? So you have to get to a place where you get Egypt out of you. See, that, that's what grace is all about is to get Egypt out of you, not for you to settle to be like Egypt. So, so this, this whole aspect of, that we have to understand that, that he, what are we, what were we free for? See, he wanted to take them from the prom, from Egypt to come to the wilderness to worship God. So he could then take them into the promised land. So let's look at it, this here in Exodus chapter 3, verse 19. I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. Verse 20. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of Egypt, and it shall come to pass that you go, you shall not go empty. So here he's saying, okay, I want you to get out of Egypt, but you're not going to go empty handed. Meaning, meaning when you come out of Egypt, ultimately your life should be greater. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter six. And there's a lot of scriptures I could go here, you know, just to get this point across. But Deuteronomy chapter six. Deuteronomy 6, verse 21. Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all the household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us a land which he swore unto our father. See, it wasn't just to bring them out of a place, but it was to bring them into a place. See, it's not just to be free from Egypt, but he wants you to bring you into a greater place. If you look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 3, Moses is talking and he's, he, he's talking with God. And, and God says, I want to give you, I want to take you into a land of milk and honey. I want to take you into a land of abundance, meaning, meaning I just don't want you free. I want you into a land of milk and honey. The, and he goes this, as he goes to the land that I swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, he just doesn't want you free. His ultimate point is that's the starting point. He wants you free so his covenant can be at work in your life. And it's a covenant of abundance. Let's look at uh, uh, Psalms chapter 18. You can also see this in 2 Samuel chapter 22. Psalms chapter 18. This whole chapter, this whole chapter is good. 
but I won't take the time to, to read all 60 verses. So, But verse 17, it says, He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. So here, he delivered them. He delivered them. But verse 19 says, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. So so get this. It wasn't just to deliver them from the enemy, but it was to bring them into a large place. See, you you need to totally get a a, a, a fresh perspective about your salvation. Get a fresh perspective this morning. I want to I want to feed your faith this morning. I want you to feed your faith this morning because, because I just sense in my heart that there's been attack after attack after attack after attack after attack that's happened within this church body. And I want you to realize that God wants you free and it's not just for the sake of freedom, but it's for you to be free so he can take you into a large place. See, a large place to me sounds like a place that's without limits. The word large place there means to be great. It means to be exceeding. He wants to take you into a place that has no borders and has no boundaries. See, I just sense in my heart that there's been a lot of things and it's been spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially that the enemy has, has come around you and has hemmed you in, so to speak. But God wants you to know and for you to see this morning, don't look at how you're hemmed in right now, but see that I've got a broad place for you. I've got a broad place for you. I have a large place for you. I have an abundant place for you. I have a place for you without limits. I have a place for you with unending possibilities. I, I've, got, I've got great things in store. I've got things that are beyond what you could ask, think, dream, or imagine. See, it is God's desire not just for you to be free, but for you to go to a large place. He just didn't want them leaving Egypt. He wanted them in a land of milk and honey. This is his desire for you and me. Get a, get a picture that, that God wants you in a broad place. If you've been confined lately, close your eyes and just say, oh, I think, I, I see, I, 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 I have no borders. I have no boundaries. Hallelujah. See, th- this, is, this is God's heart. This is, this is God's desire. Man, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I believe it. At, at some point in this church, we'll be at a place where there'll be no boundaries for what God wants to do through this church body. No hindrances in fine, no, no shortage in any way that, that we can do anything that God's called us to do and given us a vision for. We have the capability. We have the resources. And the same thing for you, that we believe that all of us as a church body, none of us will be hindered by lack. Don't settle for lack and call it your cross to bear. Lack isn't a cross to bear. Jesus was on the cross. He became poor so that through his poverty, we might become rich. And don't confine him just to, he he cares about every detail of your life, every aspect of your life. Hallelujah. Just kind of just shake yourself and just say, I have no limitations. Thank you, Father. Where do you want to go, Lord? Hallelujah. 
Uh, go, to, go to Ephesians. In Ephesians 1, Paul, you can go to Ephesians 3. In Ephesians 1, Paul, you know, is praying over the church, praying over God's people. And he tells God's people, I want your eyes to be open to something. Hallelujah. I want your eyes to be open. I want your eyes to be open. I want your understanding to be open. And as the word goes forth this morning, I I want, I I believe it's going to open some spiritual understanding. I believe it's going to it's going to it's going to propel us in in an in an avenue in an arena for us to to see things on a different level. All right. That your eyes would be open to to what? So you know the hope of your his calling, that you know the inheritance that you have as a believer, the inheritance of the saints of light, and then he says this that you might know the exceeding that you might know, that, that you might have firsthand experience. See, that you might know the exceeding, the exceeding, the exceeding. It's the exceeding greatness of his power. See, sometimes you just need to take the word of God and meditate on it. He wants you to know the exceeding. What, was, what would the exceeding greatness of the power of God look like? See, you haven't thought about it, have you? That you might know the exceeding greatness of his power. See, exceeding, that's like into a large place. See, this is how God desires us to know him as. Not, not as a God that has limitations, but a God that has no limitations. The exceeding greatness of his power. Now let's look at Ephesians 3. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So here, Christ is, to, Christ is to dwell in our hearts by faith. Faith is not, faith, faith isn't determined by your five physical senses, right? For we walk by faith and not by sight, right? Faith is a product of your relationship with God. You want your faith to grow? Then get closer to Jesus. Get closer to the word. That Christ would dwell in your heart by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depths, and the heights. And to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. What would it be like to be filled with all the fullness of God? So, so as my understanding of his love for me will also be the, to, the, to the capacity of what I can be filled with the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now look at this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly. 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 Abundantly. Above all. 
See, he, 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 he wants you free. Not so you could just stay where you are. But this relationship with God, this encounter with God should be progressive. We grow from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And this is something that we have to continually walk every day of our lives. Amen. So here he says that you wouldn't, hallelujah, that you would, be, that you would know un, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all what you could ask. You know, I can ask some big things. I can ask some big things. How about you? Here says that he is able to do, able to do. So I, I hear him this morning say, take the limits off because he has greater ability. Take the limitations off because he has greater ability. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? The power that works within us. Hallelujah. He wanted the children of Israel out of Egypt so he could take them to a bigger land, a larger land, without limitations. Let's go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. Here in Joel chapter 2, Joel is prophesying, and he's prophesying to, the, to Jerusalem and Judah, and he's declaring their freedom. He's declaring what God sees in the midst of their bondage. Now, the, the, main, the main point that, of, this, of this chapter is, is about repentance. That's really the main point about, about come back to God so God can bring about freedom in your life, to be freedom from, free from the Babylonians, to be free from those that they were in bondage to. His whole thing was repent. And it's not a matter of confession. It's a matter of turning around and going in a different direction. So he's telling them, hey, you need to repent, meaning you need to turn your life around. You need to pursue something different so God can do something in your life. So I, I, I want you to see, you know, I want you to see that first because it wasn't just to cause them to be free, but it was for so much more than that. Yes. And look at, let's look at verse 20. And I, I, I could read a lot of scriptures here, but for the sake of time. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Joel chapter 2, verse 20. He says, but I will remove far off from you the northern army. So if he had to remove far off than the normal, the, the, the northern army, that means they were surrounded by an enemy. They were surrounded by an army, right? So he says, I will remove far off, meaning I'm going to remove this enemy. And I will drive him into a land barren and desolate. With his face towards the east sea and his hinder parts towards the uttermost sea, and his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he had done great things. Who had? God had done great things. Meaning, meaning I'm going to take care of your enemy. 
to such the point that that because when the wind blows, you're going to smell there because they're because I took care of them, meaning meaning I'm going to do something to your enemy in such a way that your enemy will not come back again. He says, why? Because the Lord has done great things. See, the word great there means exceeding. The word great there means to, you know, he's done larger things. Now look at the next verse. It says, fear not, O land. Be, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. So not only did God say he, he will do great things, he, he has done great things, but he you know what? I will do great things. See, the same one that has done great things is the same God that will do great things. He, he wants to do great things in your life. Next verse says, be not afraid, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the pommel worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. So here, now he explains to us, what will he do? What will be the great things? Man, he says, you won't lack in this area where the trees were barren. There'll be this where that they didn't have that, where there weren't any, what any water springs will grow up and whatever the enemy has stolen, whatever the, the palmer worm has eaten, you know what? I'm going to restore you and you will eat in plenty and you will be satisfied. See, it wasn't just to deliver them from the Northern army. It wasn't just to deliver them from an enemy, but it was to take them into a place where they had plenty. It was to take them into a place where they didn't have lack, where, where they weren't confined anymore. It was to take them into all they could, more than they could ask, think, dream, or imagine. It was to take them into the exceeding. It was to take them into limitless living. It was to take them beyond what they could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine in themselves. This is what God desires for you and I. See, he, he, was, he, he desired to be their victory. And for God, victory wasn't just winning, but victory was plenty. Victory was eating in plenty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm, you're so faithful. Father, I thank you. Not just being free, but living in victory. Hallelujah. Man, set us free so we could live without limits. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, thank you, Father. Go to Mark 9. 
Thank you, Father. You know, you may say, Pastor, you know, I, but you, you don't know where I'm at financially. You don't know where I'm at in my personal life. You don't know where I'm at in my marriage. You don't know where I'm at emotionally. You know, I may not, but you might, you might not know where I'm at. I'm at. And this, this isn't about planting some seeds in your heart for you to get everything you ever lusted after. That's not what the point is. This is for you to raise your expectation for what God desires to do. You realize what kind of God we serve. He is a good measure pressed down, shaking together, and running over kind of God. He... He is a God of excess, but it, it is not to, it's not to, it's not for you to fulfill your lust. It's for you to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. It's, it's for you to have excess in order for you to be, to, to, to cause the kingdom of God to be a, a picture and an image of what God desires to do. Don't buy into a poverty gospel. Because if you buy into a poverty gospel, then what happens is, is sometimes you're just waiting for God to manifest instead of you being the one that God wants to manifest through. Man, you say, well, pastor, I don't want to, I don't want to have a wrong concept of money. Well, don't be a giver. You be a giver. You'll never have a wrong, wrong mindset of money. Most people have a hard time with prosperity because they're takers and they're hypocrites. People say, well, you know, you could have, you could have, you know, you, you bought that, you know, that million dollar airplane. You could have sold that, give that to the poor. Well, why don't you do that with your Honda? <laughs> see, people, you know, it, 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 it see, you know, it, it, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that people have. And like I said, this is not about, you know me, I, I'm a prosperity preacher, but I'm, all, I'm not also for, for, it's about you consuming things on your flesh. That was a whole different rabbit trail, but <laughs> but you have to you have to understand that 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 is it's too often we're trying to do everything ourselves instead of trusting. You see, the, the, the problem with the children of Israel was God brought them out of Egypt. And he wanted to take them into the promised land. It was an 11-day journey, but it took 40 years. Why? Because, because, because they were looking at Egypt still being their source. They were looking at Moses being their source instead of looking at God being their source. So it's having faith in our source. Show me your glory is, is saying, God, I'm placing my focus on my source. I'm placing my focus on the source's goodness. I'm placing my focus on the source's presence. I'm placing my focus on the source's power. Thank you, Father. See, Jesus said your traditions make the word of God of no effect. 
But do you know why Jesus was telling that? Most people will quote that scripture but don't know it in context. Jesus was talking about money. He was talking about supporting your parents. He was talking about providing for your parents. And he was saying that you have this excuse that, that okay, well, everything I have is holy to the Lord. Everything, so, so therefore, I can't do my responsibility. Because their traditions were making the word of God of no effect. Don't make traditions on how you see God, how you see prosperity, how you see certain things limit you in your life. Don't allow the way you see your current circumstance to keep you from going where God desires you to go. Because he, he didn't just set you free to, for you to stay the same. He set you free to go from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Now, look at this in Mark chapter 9. Because you might have the question, well, God, how, how is this going to change? Or how am I ever going to get there? How do I get to operate in what you're talking about? In Mark chapter 9, verse 22, it says, And he has often thrown him both into the fire, into the water, intended to kill him. But this, this is the guy that sent his son to, to, for Jesus to heal. He says, But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. If you can do anything. And I like what Jesus says. And Jesus said, if you can do anything, meaning if I can do anything, see, don't put, don't put everything off on Jesus. If I can do anything, why? All things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes all things are possible to him that all things are possible to him that believes if i can do anything how about all things are possible to him that believes See, I want you to raise your belief. I, I, want you to, I want you to raise your thinking this morning. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. Can, can this situation get better? All things are possible to him that believes. Can God restore my life? All things are possible to him that believes. Can God change my marriage? All things are possible to him that believes. Can God heal my body? All things are possible to him that believes. Can God provide for me? All things are possible to him that believes. Behold Jesus. He's more than just a man. He's your victory. Hallelujah. He's your victory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Isaiah 41. Actually, no, let's go to Jeremiah Thank you. Where's that father? Jeremiah, I think it's 32. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Verse 26. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, 
Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there any, anything too hard for me? Don't, don't, look, don't, don't, don't look at your situations and say, this will never change. Don't look at situations and say, well, this will always be. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Let's go to Isaiah 41. Thank you, Father. Worship team, you can come back up. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? So faithful. Hmm. Isaiah 41, verse 10. You see, the, the... the issue that we battle from time to time in our own lives is really comes down to the root of it all is fear. Fear, it won't change. Fear, it will always stay the same. Fear. And the enemy surrounding you, the enemy's tactic is fear. If I can just get them into fear. If I can just get you into fear. That's, that's the enemy's desire, just to get you into fear. You know what is God God's saying? If I could just get them into faith. If I could just get them into faith, if I, if I could just get them into my, into my word, they'll know who I am. If you, if you, you know, getting into the word isn't about trying to memorize scripture or, or trying to confess scripture. No, getting into the word is about getting to know him. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. I just get them into, that's why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why? Because, because what the enemy wants to get me into fear and God is saying, I just want you to believe me. See who I am. Get a picture of me. Get an image of me. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Fear not, there's nothing to fear, for I am with you. See, your faith has to be established in that point. He's with me. He's with me. Now, just close your eyes for a moment. If, you're, if you got, you're confined right now and you have situations surrounding you, Just meditate on that thought. He is with me. He is with me. Let your faith be established that he is with you. The word says that in in Hebrews, it says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Amplified says no, never, not in any way would he leave us or forsake us. You know that song that they they sang and, and you might want to transition into it, but just play it in the background. But, you know, this is how I fight my battles. Though I'm surrounded. You see, you see, he is with you. He says, fear not for I am with you. You can open your eyes. Do not look around you in terror. Don't look around you in terror or be dismayed for I am your God. See, everything here has to do with faith. I am with you. See, faith begins where the will of God is known. And here what we're Isaiah prophesying, he's prophesying to us the will of God. And he's declaring to us, I am with you, so do not look around in terror or be dismayed. I am your God. Man, that builds faith. I will strengthen you. That builds faith. 
I will harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. And when God, when God says this, that he will uphold us with his right hand of rightness and justice, you know what God's doing? He's placing his entire kingdom on the line. You're like, well, how could you say that? Well, because the Psalm says that righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne. So if you take out righteousness or justice from God, then God ceases being God. So here he places everything on this. I will be your help. I will retain you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Verse 11, behold, all those who are enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. Man, that word shame. Man, you talk about an enemy. Shame. Shame. You know, one of the biggest feelings, the emotions that come with lack is shame. I can't pay my bills. I can't provide. I can't do this. I can't do that. Shame. Romans chapter 10, verse 11 says this. It says, it says if, if I believe on, it says, whoever believes on me shall not be ashamed. Don't let shame creep in in your heart this morning. Don't let shame take root in your heart this morning. Shame and fear, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something to eat away at your faith and confidence in what God sees for your life. Behold, all the who enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. So the enemy wants to shame you, but God says, I'm going to shame them. Hallelujah. They who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. Now, don't get your eyes on people. Don't say, okay, one day those people did me wrong. You know what? God's going to put them in shame and God's going to, God's going to kill them. No, that's, no, that's not. <laughs> Just strike them all dead, Lord. No, that's not, that's not the enemy we're talking about this morning. <laughs> we don't war against flesh and blood, right? Verse 12, you shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. I love, you shall seek those who continue with you, but you, meaning you're going to get to a point where the enemy that you had surrounding you, you're going to even try to look for them and you won't be able to find them. Hallelujah. You experienced lack for the last 20 years. I, I, I desire and I believe that you can get to a place where you can try to find lack and you'll, ne- you'll try to get broke and you can't get broke. You shall seek those who contend with you, but shall not find them. Those who war against you shall be as nothing and nothing at all. For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, fear not, for I will help you. Is anything too hard for the Lord? All things are possible to him that believes. God, God can do extraordinary things. Go ahead and flip over to two more. Check. Go to uh, 43, Isaiah 43. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I might, I might have one. I might one have, go ahead and stand to your feet. Yeah, you can keep the Bible in your hand, right? Might, might have one more verse. We'll see. Isaiah 43. Verse 15. Because see, we can have this mindset. Well, God, how are you going to do it? 
how is this going to happen? See, see, don't get your mind on, because see, a lot of times we, we still put ourselves in the, in, the, in the scenario, how am I going to do it? What do I have to do? What am I going to do? And here he says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Now think about it. Thus says the Lord who makes a way through the sea and path through mighty waters. Meaning he creates an avenue. He creates pathways in places that there aren't pathways. You know, I-35 doesn't run, run through Benbrook Lake. There's no roads that go through Benbrook Lake. But here he says that he creates pathways in the seas. A path through mighty waters. It says, who brings forward chariot and horse, army and mighty warrior. He brings forth chariot, horse, army, mighty warrior. They lie down together. They cannot rise. They are extinguished. They're quenched like a lamp wick. Verse 18. Do not remember the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Here, get this. Don't, don't stop considering the things of old. Stop concerning how things turned out before. But get a new picture. Get a new image. I'm doing something new. Say this. God's doing something new. In my life. Hallelujah. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'll make a way in the wilderness. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? See, see, you see, you got to get to a place where your perception is different. See, there wasn't new things yet, but God, Isaiah, through God, prophesying by, by the hand of the Holy Spirit, is saying, do you see it? Meaning, meaning, get an image before you see the image. Get an image on the inside of your heart. Get an image in here. Do you not perceive it? And then he says, what, I can make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. I can make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Meaning, I can do something. I'm a creator. I can do things that, that, that in areas that, that the ways they can't be done. I can make a way in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Show us your glory, Father. Show us your glory, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And go to Romans. And I think I'm closing with this. Don't waver. Hallelujah. Get an image. Get an image of your victory. Get an image of the unlimited possibilities. Get an image of the victory that God desires for your life. Oh, thank you, Father. Romans 4, verse 19. Oh, actually, let's go to verse 18. Actually, let's go to verse 17. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things as if they existed. Calls things that be not as though they are. See, he wants you to see something different. See, Abraham was called to be the father of many nations, but yet he had no child. 
How can you be the father of many nations if you have nothing? See, God can take nothing and make something. God can take your mess and turn it around. God can take your limitations where they might be right now and all of a sudden cause you to be unlimited. He calls those things that be is not they are, you know, so this morning I'm calling you blessed, whether you, whether you are or not, I'm calling you prosperous, whether you are or not, I'm calling you free and abundant, whether you are or you're not. Why? Because God sees you that way. God sees you that way. You might be all confused, but God sees you as being full of peace. You might be broken, but God sees you as mended. You might be bound, but God sees you as free. Call those things that be not as though they are. Hallelujah. He did not weaken in faith. I'm reading the Amplified. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the impotence of his own body, which is good as dead, because he was but a hundred years old, or when he considered the bareness of Sarah's womb. He did not weaken in faith, meaning the natural limitations didn't hinder what he still saw. Hallelujah. Verse 20, no unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. I mean, he stopped going back and forth. He stopped going back and forth. No unbelief or distrust made him waver. But he grew strong. It was empowered by faith, meaning his faith continued to grow and increase. How? As he gave praise and glory to God, as he got his mind off his circumstance, and got his mind off his problem, he got his mind off his lack, got his mind off his failures, and he gave praise and glory to God. Oh, Father, yeah. Yeah, right now, Father, I might be broke, but you know what? I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, yeah, it seems like I've messed a lot of things up, but you know, you, you told me to bless the Lord all my soul and not forget any of your benefits who heals me of all my diseases and forgives me of all my iniquities, who crowns me with loving kindness. Hallelujah. See, as you give praise and glory to God and you, and you raise your faith, you raise your, what you're beholding. Hallelujah. It cause faith to rise. Faith to grow, faith to increase. Hallelujah. Verse 21, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he promised. Fully satisfied and fully persuaded. Fully assured. Father, I am fully persuaded this morning. I am fully assured. I'm fully satisfied. That on behalf of every single person here, that you are able and mighty to keep your word. You are able and mighty. You are exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Victory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get an image of victory this morning. Getting an image of victory this morning. Hallelujah. He just didn't bring you out 
to make you free. He brought you out to bring you into a land of milk and honey. To bring you into a place where there's plenty. To bring you into a place where there's no lack. Hallelujah. This morning, not one of us would leave here. Hallelujah. Lacking peace. Lacking joy. Lacking faith. Lacking strength. Lacking wholeness. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I I release you over this place. Angels, I release you over this place. I thank you, angels. Father, you said that angels were sent. Hallelujah. Hearken to those that are heirs of salvation. Father, I thank you for ministering spirits to minister to every person here, ministering to every person watching by way of internet. I thank you, Father, for faith rising, being established in faith, strengthened in faith. Hallelujah. 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 If you need victory in your life this morning, I just want you to make your way to the altar. Hallelujah. As they sing that song, hallelujah. And come here with an attitude of expectancy. Come up here with an attitude of expectancy. Hallelujah. Ushers, be ready. Hallelujah. Thank you.